Let's look. We're doing lesson 21 right now. Uh, we're in Titus chapter 2. We're just going to look at three verses. Okay, we're going to spend all of our time looking at three verses. Now, remember, in chapter 1, the latter part of chapter 1, he spent a lot of time talking about false Christians and what motivates them and how they live their life and the danger that they pose to the church. Now he's going to talk to Titus about how uh, people within the congregation, those who are believers, need to be responding. And so today, we're going to focus on two groups of people. Next week, we'll focus on three other groups. But this week, he's going to focus on older men and older women. Now, next week, we'll look at younger men, younger women, and slaves. And again, why slaves? Well, they were in a culture where most people were what? Slaves. And how should they function in that culture? So <clears throat> look at with me. We're going to look at those three verses. Titus chapter 2. Look at what Paul says here. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. That the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. Older women, likewise, that they be reverent, in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Okay? So we're going to look at those things. All right, so let's talk, first of all, he's going to talk about proper teaching. Unlike false teachers, Titus was to teach things that were proper for sound doctrine. Proper for sound doctrine. So, Titus was to spend his time teaching not just theology, okay? Sometimes, have you ever been in a church where the, the, the teacher is so heady He's, when he speaks, he's so above everybody else. It's like he's, he sh and I've heard this comment, he should be a professor in seminary. Have you ever heard that kind of comment before? Okay. Well, the problem is, is that, okay, that's great, but teaching has to be more than just theology. Teaching has to have a what? An application to it. A practical aspect for it. So when he talks about teaching things that are proper, he's, he's referring to teaching things to tell people how to live their lives based upon sound doctrine, okay? Based upon sound doctrine. So Titus is to do this, okay? And that's my responsibility. That's the responsibility of the elders. When we do our groups and when they teach and when I teach, we're to teach you things to tell you how to respond properly, how to live properly out of doctrine. So that brings us right to verses 2 and 3, where he's going to talk about older believers and how they are to live their lives. And so I'm hoping for a little bit of discussion today, okay? I'm hoping everybody got your coffee, got your caffeine going there. All right, because we're going to go through these, and here's what we're going to do. Let's look, first of all, at the verse, verse 2. Older men must be sober, reverent, temperate, Sound in faith, you can also say now, sound in love, and then sound in patience, okay? So let's talk about that. First of all, the purpose in teaching. 
He was to teach in order that older men exhibit the character of spiritual maturity. He was to teach in order that older men exhibit the character of spiritual maturity. Now, the assumption here is that if you are an older person in Christ and you have been walking with Jesus for a long time, your life needs to show it. Oftentimes we think, oh, salvation's it. We just get saved, we're, we're forgiven, and we don't need to go anywhere beyond that. But if you're just as immature as you were 20 years before, there's a problem, right? There should be, with age, and especially with walking with Jesus for a while, there should be some maturity happening in your life. There should be some spiritual maturity. You should have some character that's being developed. Because why? Character, first of all, develops over a period of time, right? Everybody understand that? You don't invent character overnight. Character is the essence of who you are. That develops over time. And if you're a believer in Christ and you're an older believer in Christ, there needs to be an exhibition in your life of spiritual maturity. Now, I'm not talking about fake spiritual maturity, That's really not what I'm talking about, because you can fake spiritual maturity, right? How can you fake it? Well, talking the right talk, acting the right way at church. But the problem is, is all of that can be empty, because when it talks about spiritual maturity in the Bible, it's talking about you growing in the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. So you're going to act spiritually mature and not exhibit any fruit, right? Because I've been in church, you've been in church, and we've met all kinds of people who could talk the talk and answer the Bible questions, but they were some of the meanest people alive, right? That's not spiritual maturity. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's not spiritual maturity. So he was to teach in order that older men exhibit a character of spiritual maturity. So let's talk about that character. Okay? Let's talk about that character. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to break it down into several sections, and I want you to see what he's pointing out here. First of all, self-controlled. Older men must be self-controlled and sober in their thinking. Older men must be self-controlled and sober in their thinking. All right. Why do you think he's saying that? What do young guys do? I can't remember. <laughs> Bruce says he can't can't remember. He can't remember. Okay, okay. That's, we'll give you an excuse there, Bruce. Okay. <laughs> what do young guys do? How are young guys different than older guys? Okay, yeah, that's good. But I know older guys who like to do that too, Tim. Do you know what I'm saying? They like to hang out, you know. But what's the difference between a young guy who, let's be honest, when you're young, even though you think you're mature, you're not, right? Okay, what were you going to say, Lori? There's a reason that insurance rates are higher. Okay, there is a reason why their insurance rates are higher, right? 
There's even a difference between a young guy who's not married and a young guy who is married, right? What happens when you get married? Responsibility comes on you. Do you you understand what I'm saying? Now, what you say, George, what in the world does this have to do with what we're talking about here? Well, as you get older, you begin to realize that you can't be just flitting around making whatever decision like you used to do when you're a young guy because young guys don't consider sometimes what the consequences of their decisions are, right? They don't, they just kind of do what's for the moment. Yeah, it takes a lot longer to heal. That's exactly right. <laughs> Months. <laughs> Bruce, Brad's back there. A year. <laughs> well, okay. Well, do you see the difference, though? I mean, we're laughing about this, but there is something where older men need to what? They have to be self-controlled. They have to real. They have to exhibit that. You know, they're no longer like a young guy. A young guy will go on and want to take the world. An older guy, like you said, thinks about, what's that going to cost me? Not just financially, but am I going to be able to get out of bed in the morning? Isn't that true? Do you know what I'm saying? So there is a sense in which older men need to be self-controlled and sober. Now, sober, we often think in terms of sober with regards to alcohol, but alcoholism and the the issue of sobriety borrowed the word from what it actually means. It talks about being in control of your mind. Do you understand what I'm saying? In control of your mind. So really what we're talking about here is really the first sign of maturity, right? That older men in the church need to be a little bit more cautious and aware, right? I've seen this. I've seen this. I've even seen it here in our church, like, for instance, in a board meeting. We'll have a board meeting, and our board is made up of a a, a good selection of men, both older and younger, okay? And, And when you see decisions being made, the young guys are ready to do it. The older guys are sitting back a little bit more contemplative, and they're thinking, well, yeah, we could, but here's some things that we haven't thought about here. What is that? That's called maturity. Did you understand what I'm saying? That's called maturity, thinking it through. That's what what Paul's telling Titus that they need to encourage in the church there in Crete is that older men need to be self-controlled, sober in their thinking. All right, let's go on. Worthy of respect is the next one. Older men need to be reverent or worthy of respect in their conduct. In the church now, I'm talking in the church. If you're a believer, an older person, an older man in the church who's been walking with Christ needs to live in such a way that people will look at him them and say, you know what, that was a godly man. That's a man who loves Jesus. You can tell by the way that he lives. And look at how he lives his life. You understand? So it needs to be a man worthy of respect, reverent in their conduct. Everybody agree with that? Okay? Everybody agree with that? Now, again, that comes out of what? Character. Do you understand what I'm saying? That comes out of a person's character. He talks about them being temperate. Okay? Older men must have lives that reflect moderation and clear-headedness. 
clear-headedness. Now, that almost seems like a contradiction because if, if you're like me, as I'm getting older, I'm finding that it's getting a little bit more difficult to remember things than think sometimes, right? Not until after how many showers and how many cups of coffee does the brain want to function. Do you know what I'm saying? But older men are to be clear-headed because, again, think about the, the other extreme of that is a young man. Sometimes a young man because he hasn't experienced life, he hasn't gone through life and experienced the stuff that life will throw at him, will make decisions without thinking it through. The implication here is, is verse not being on the impulse, rather thinking it through here. Okay? Thinking it through. So again, moderation, clear-headedness. Okay? Now, the final thing he talks about, he breaks it up into three sections. Okay? Older men must reflect soundness in their lives based on faith, love, and patience. Older men must reflect soundness in their lives based on faith, love, and patience. So they need to reflect a soundness in their life that's based on these three things, faith, love, and patience. Why do you think those three? Why do you think faith, I think that's pretty obvious, if you're going to be spiritually mature, it's going to be based on your faith. But the second one is love, and then that third one is what? Patience. Why? Soundness in their lives, based on those three things. When you're dealing with other people, those last two things are the most important, love and patience. The people, okay. The older you get, the more you see foolish things going on, which you probably did yourself when you were younger. Yes. But in order to deal with people with those issues, you have to re- remember that they aren't as old as you are, they haven't lived through it, and you need that love and that patience to deal with them. Okay, all right. What were you going to say, Tim? Okay. And then patient is for those who might have questions and deny or questions of okay. going further. All right. That's good, Tim. All right. So think about it. You need to have a soundness in your life that's based upon your faith, your love, and your patience. And this is what Timothy, Titus is supposed to teach here. Now, you would think that if you're older, you should already know that, right? That's exactly, you just said it. That's the word I was looking for. You get cranky. Okay, now how many of you have noticed that as you've gotten older, you're a little bit more intolerant of things? Things pluck your nerves a little bit faster than they used to. Do you know what I'm saying? Especially if you're dealing with people. Have you noticed when you get older, am I the only, no, that's just you, George. You're just, you're just cranky. Are, are we all like that or not? Okay. So we, we have to be, because this is what Titus is supposed to teach the older men. He's to, teaching them to be sound in their life that's based in what? Faith, okay, so it's got to come out of their faith, based in their what? Love, they got to love people. And, and to be honest with you, when you're, and, and, and do you ever find yourself, you snap at family more than anybody, right? We snap at family more than anybody. Because sometimes we, we treat our family, we would never treat somebody else like we treat our family. Okay? We snap at family, but, but it's gotta come out of love. You gotta 
qualify things with love, and then you got to be what with people? Patience. If there wasn't, here's the thing, if there wasn't human beings, there would be no need for patience, right? People, I mean, even people that you know and have known for years will do stuff that will blow your mind. Did you know what I'm saying? And you're like, oh, be patient. So this is what he's saying. Teach them because they're going to have to have a soundness in their life. Like, I've got to have a soundness in my life that's based on my faith, love for other people, love for God, love for other people, and what? Patience with other people. You've got to be patient with them. Do you know what I'm saying? you just got to be patient with them. All right, so that's older men. All right, now we're going to get to the older women. All right? That's verse 3. Now, this one I'm, I'm sure is going to garner some conversation, but especially one point here. Like, what in the world is he saying? Okay? So let's look at verse 3. Older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. All right, so let's go through that. First of all, again, the purpose in teaching is to teach. He was to teach in order that older women exhibit the character of spiritual maturity. So Timothy, excuse me, Titus, was to teach so that older women in the church would exhibit characteristics of spiritual maturity. Okay? Spiritual maturity. All right. So let's go through these. Some of these, some of the reasons why he's bringing this up are cultural reasons, and I'll explain that as we go through. Okay? So let's talk about spiritual maturity. First of all, older women must be reverent and worthy of respect in their conduct. So again, just like with the older men, older women in the faith need to live in such a way that their lives reflect a what? A reverence, that is, that they love the Lord, they worship Him, they're fearful of Him, but they also need to live their lives in a way that is what? Worthy of respect, okay? Worthy of respect. Why is that important? We're talking about ladies now. We've already talked about men. Why is it important for older women in the church live in such a way that's worthy of respect? Okay, the younger women will look up to them. Okay, they're models to the younger women. Anybody else? Okay. Yes, because of, of their influence on children. Okay, anybody else? I haven't heard any ladies yet. I've heard dudes, okay, which I'm thinking you've already killed the two things that you could possibly say, guys. What, is there something else, ladies? Why, why would it be important for older women to live in such a way that's, that reflects their reverence, their, their fear of God, and that their conduct be worthy of respect? Why is that important? Now Rob's going to... Okay, go ahead, Rob. Okay. Okay, you have to explain that one, Rob, because I'm sitting here, it reflects on their husband. Your, your wife has... How she acts reflects on how your husband... Is perceived in the community, is what you're saying. Yeah. 
Oh, so you're going to kind of like a Proverbs 31 thing. Yes, that's what it says in Proverbs 31. You know, that the husband is spoken of well in the marketplace because of how the wife conducts himself. Yeah, okay, that's good, Rob. Okay, yeah, yeah, because I was going to say to you, because the women could say here, well, how my husband acts reflects on me. And I'm shaking my head all the time because it doesn't look good. <laughs> That's why they're shaking their heads, Bruce. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So older women must be reverent, worthy of respect in their conduct. Here's the other one. Now, this one is relevant. Older women must not be slanderers or gossips. The word here points to the issue of gossiping. They need to not be slanderers or gossipers. Now, why would this, because, I mean, men have a problem with this too, but why stress this with the women? Why do you think he's stressing this with the women? Some of this is cultural, but the fact is our cultures haven't changed much. Why bring this up? They're more verbal. Exactly. Okay, all right. Yes, men... Men don't talk much. Women talk things through a lot. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if I shared this to you with you in a long time, but I remember when Lori and I were engaged. Were we engaged? I don't know what it was. I think we were engaged, okay? And I took a ministry team from Liberty University to her home church to do ministry during the week. And on the way back, we were driving from Pennsylvania back to Lynchburg, Virginia, and before we left Pennsylvania, home PA, Lori and I got into a little bit of a disagreement. And we were kind of irritated with each other. So we're on 81 in Virginia, and we stop at a rest area. And I stop everybody so everybody can go to the bathroom. And Lori says to me, so what do the guys think about what we're upset about? And I said... I haven't said anything to them about what we were fussing about. Well, the girls think. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> that's how guys, we don't talk about it, okay? <laughs> I do. Because <laughs> that's reflective of where men and women are, right? Okay, so women have a tendency to be a little bit more verbal than, than guys. Will everybody agree with that? Okay. Now, but that's not true all the time. We're generalizing, okay? Because you might have a guy who does not know how to be quiet, okay? Like most men do, all right? But why the issue of slander and gossips? All right, let me explain to you the culture. All right. Even the Romans, in their Greek culture, as well as in the Jewish culture, were primarily picked patriarchal cultures, meaning the man was at the forefront and everything else fell underneath. And women primarily were in the home. Now, they had lots to do at the home, which we know, right? The women have lots to do in the home, all right? Uh, and I'm not saying that you don't have anything to do. Don't, don't, George, what does he think? We don't do nothing? No, no, I'm not saying that, okay? However, because of their culture, because women were primarily in the home, they had a little bit more time, even though they were busy, they had a little bit more time to engage in a couple of activities that Paul wanted them to be aware of. 
And one of them was just simply talking with each other. Okay? Because they would get together, women would get together in a square or get together in places, and they would talk. Well, have you heard about so-and-so? Came over the hill. What's going on over there on their farm? You know what I'm saying? Or what's going over in their house? And, and, and what is that? that? That's really slander and gossip. Okay? And so he's wanting the women to be in control of what they're talking about. Because I'll be honest with you, think about it for a moment. I've been in church a long time. Some of you have been in church all of your lives, okay? Do you remember ever meeting somebody in the church who was the church gossip? Okay? What did people think about them? Were they respected? You wanted to be careful of what you were saying, yes. See, he's talking about maturity here and about character. And if you're going to be an older woman in the church, you need to have a character. First of all, he talked about being reverent and living in a way that's worthy of respect. But also, he's, so he's going to get a little bit more specific here and say, don't be slanderers, don't be gossips, okay? Don't be slanderers, don't be gossips, now, we understand that one. The next one, it's like, why is he picking on the women? I mean, as soon as I read this, it's like, what? Women are not to be addicted to alcohol. Where did that come from? Why didn't he talk about men? Why women? Cultural reason. Remember, they're at home. And they're in a culture, do they drink water in that culture? Why? Yeah, you want to get sick, you drink the water. You want to get some kind of a disease, you drink the water. So you don't drink water, you drink what? Wine, which is basically crushed grapes. What happens to wine, this is before Welch's, folks, okay? Welch's grape juice did not exist 2,000 years ago. What happens to wine after a while, especially if you're in a tropical climate, what happens to wine after a while? What process takes place? Yeah, it ferments. So the women are at home, they're drinking, you know, and so what he's saying is, and notice the word, the text says, given too much wine. He's not even telling them not to drink, because that's ridiculous. That'd be like saying, don't drink anything. But what happens is, is that if you drink too much, you start feeling what? Good. Did, did you understand what I'm saying? So, again, it's talking about being what here? Self-controlled. Okay? So the issue is being self-controlled. That's what he's wanting to focus on here. Now, he goes on with one final thing. And here's what he says. Look at what it says, the last part there. Teachers of good things. Older women must be teachers of what? Good things. From their point of maturity, from their point of having experienced life, from their point of their walk with Christ, they need to be teachers of what? 
Good things. What kind of good things? Well, the good things that we understand from the scripture. Living for him. Do you understand what I'm saying? How to live your life. I'm going to tell you that that's the number one deficiency in church. I'm going to be honest with you. We need women who are older and mature to step up to the plate. Can I be honest with you? It's not, I can't do it. Bruce can't do it. Brad can't do it. We can sit and talk to a group, but we're not going to sit there and talk to women about women. Did you understand what I'm saying? It takes older, mature women to do that, right? Would everybody agree with that? Nobody's saying anything. Yes, I would agree. Okay, yeah, but you're an elder, Bruce. (laughs) Okay, But do you understand what I'm saying? Women have to be teachers. Older women have to be what? Teachers of what? Good things, right? That's the point he's making there. Teach them to be teachers. So that's why I'm stressing that. Women have to step up to the plate. So, so oftentimes we just think, well, I'm just supposed to just come sit in a pew. No, don't you understand? Church is more than just a service. Church is more than just a, an or, uh, the organization that's incorporated in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Church is the group of people who are interacting together, who are encouraging each other to grow in their, in their faith in Christ. And so therefore, older women need to what? Encourage other younger women by being teachers of good things. Any thoughts or comments there? Okay. Next week, we're going to continue on. We're going to look at verses 4 through 10, and we're going to talk again about godly lifestyles as we talk about younger women, as we talk about younger men, and then as we talk about slaves.